Welcome to Episode 6 of Asbury Pod with your hosts Amy Quinn and Joe Walsh. This week's guest is Jen Hampton, founder-curator of Asbury's Parlor Gallery, member of the Asbury Park Public Arts Commission, and one of the driving forces behind the world-famous Wooden Walls Project. The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park in my capacity as the Deputy Mayor of the City of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the city or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official City of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not represent the official position of the city or the governing body. Welcome to Asbury Pod. It's Saturday, August 17th, 2019. We're here with the chair of the Asbury Park Public Art Commission, Jen Hampton. Hello, hello. The only reason that you see art in Asbury Park is because of Jen Hampton. Oh, that's sweet. It was a total wasteland. (laughs) It was a total wasteland. But don't you think in the 60s there must have been a Jen Hampton that did stuff? I feel like it was mainly music. There's gotta be. Someone painted the whole upstage with like weird glow-in-the-dark paints. I've never been in there. I want to believe that there was like a me in 1940 and a me in 1960. Well, who painted the Tom McCann sign on the back of the upstage? Do I don't know. Tom? It was a good sign. Yeah, That's no. when signs were like a real thing. Right. Um, That's actually why we have the Public Art Commission. Do you know that? No. Well, so going into <laughs> public art. So why do we have the Public Art Commission? Do you remember Don Von Suskill? Of course. Dated Clark Shannon from B. Green. Yes, she was very, she, she thought she was a visionary and thought 10 years ago or 15 years ago that we were going to have all these companies like beating down our door to paint on the side of buildings. So she wanted to make sure that Coca-Cola could never paint the side of a building here. Oh, wow. We still don't have these companies I trying know, to paint on any like, of our buildings. I was like, that's, we had a public art policy before we had public art. You are paid pennies and magic beans to put the public art up. Yes. Basically. I love magic beans. Um, which paid is, in hugs and smiles. Okay. You know, you are probably, and we have to get into it's our bi- questions. Bitcoin for artists. But I was talking to somebody yesterday who was asking me, is that the, some random guy on the street was saying, is that the original Stone Pony? And I said, I, I believe it is. And he's like, well, there's like German tourists taking their picture. And I said, you know, it's probably one of the most Instagrammed pictures that I ever see tourists in front of the pony. And the second is probably your murals. If yeah, you yeah. do, wouldn't, I mean, people take pictures in front of your murals hundreds a day. It's interesting if you look at, and I have to do this um, often, probably twice a week, as you look through the hashtags of Asbury Park. I don't know if it's a great representation of our town. Like, if you look at it from a how it's being curated, how they the algorithm looks, it's like food, dogs, art, and bad posters for shows. Oh, too funny. <laughs> that makes like, sense. Oh, wow. There's so much more to Asbury Park, but it shows you, like, who, sorry, who, um, who's using social media but so, yeah it is interesting how many pictures of art there is every like third or fourth sort of algorithm like a picture that comes up it's a mural so jen is similar to mike manzella who talks with her hands and bangs on the table do, so sorry. you are going to consistently like mess so with our well, sound jen and do you uh, know what the most important thing in a podcast is my hands. How about that? 
It's what sound. It's well, sound. We only have enough money for one set of headphones. So I'm the only well, one now you said that Heather's going to buy another set of headphones. I know. Oh, can we just do a donation and like get you some Can we get stuff? like GoFundMe? No, we can get another one. No, but so. like, we have people in town that have these things. Yeah, we have a couple. Uh, we have, anyway. We're getting a surplus of materials. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So we're good. Yeah. I'm going to sit on my hands. Okay. 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 Public Art Commission. You yes. are the chair. I yes. somewhat had to force you. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I think it's one of those things that um, it is better suited. Well, Mike from the showroom was it before, and he sends out very professional emails, and they have really nice, you know, it just seems professional, so that's what I was worried about. I was like, that's not me. So I feel like it's okay, though, because I don't know how professional our board is. Our board is probably (laughs) the opposite of professional. How many people are on the board? I think nine. Well, nine. we're down to eight, but we'll soon have nine again. I understand. And so I'm on a lot of boards and committees and commissions. <laughs> and so this is one of my interesting ones in the sense that, and more so when I first got on, because when I first got on, it was interesting. But artists do not like any sort of governmental regulations on anything that they do. And fuck you if you are going to make them go through any sort of paperwork to put up any sort of art. And also artists generally don't love kids. So when I, I, well, okay, so artists, okay, maybe artists love kids, but our initial group of artists on the Public Art Commission a few years ago, if I remotely said, can, and we've done a lot, lot of projects right now with kids, but Back then, and this is, I don't know, maybe three or four or five years ago, if we brought up kids, I mean, it was a revolt. If It was a revolt to get artists to work with kids in a in a collaborative way when I first got on the commission. I think it's more akin to, like, bring your kid to work day. It would be like, oh, you want me to paint with a kid? Like, right. This is what I do. You know, so I think it's for some artists that have worked in the professional field, that seems crazy. Whereas it's like, well, it is what it is. It's a kid in the moment playing, and isn't this why we do it? And that gets very conceptual in the thinking, and so I think it's just too much for... Artists aren't linear thinking. What does that mean? Like, there's, like, point A to point B, but artists are like, well, you could take this directional here, and it might cut into that, and, like, why do I have to go in a straight line? You know what I mean? So, like, to you, I think you're more linear thinking in terms of, like... Because you have to be. So, like, when you're... I think when you're an artist, you're like what are all the backdoor channels I can use so I don't have to do exactly what I people think I should do? Oh, that's interesting. So and I the think exact artists, opposite way. Oh, yeah. yeah like, yeah, they totally. just think differently. And it's hard to, like, wrap your head around that. I'm being told, what, scratching my head? Is that making too much noise? Yeah, that came up in the, wow, the glass. Wow, that's exciting. Oh, my this God. This table Jesus. is hyper-acoustic. Well, perhaps I should have washed my hair. I got a blanket. We should bring um. a plastic table. <laughs> You should be on a plastic table. Okay, so public anyway, art. So public art. So yes. I'm on a lot of commissions. It's spicy. It's spicy, and artists generally don't love when I say you have to send out notice to residents in 200 feet. This, no one likes that. Oh no. my god, this causes drama every single time we say you are required to notify within approximately 200 feet when you are putting up a mural. You think I have said to them, I need you to kill bunnies right the reaction that i get when i'm like you have to notify everybody and then they have an opportunity to come in right mm. so the so my experience on public art is that it's a little spicy in, artists don't like invite, regulations it invites public comment it it's invites not even that because i think it's more that um 
So say, I'm trying to think of the easiest way to explain it. Say you created something that you're really proud of, mm -hmm. right? And then it goes up for critique. And when you're in art school, you're used to that because you're like, okay, you're going to tell, the teacher's going to tell me I did this and the student's going to tell me that, that, but then it's over. But with having to get, um, go to the city and get everybody that lives, all of that process is like a double critique where you're like, I know it's not going to change anything, but I just want to make it right now because I want to make it right now. So I think that that's, more of the thing, and like you said, I don't know if artists really like to follow rules. Right. <laughs> so I have a question, again, as a, someone from outside the commission, yeah, yeah. everyone on the committee an artist? No. no. Well, I'm on the committee. So we've moved. So when I first got on, literally every single person was an artist. So it was me being like, no, no, no. Imagine the minutiae of discussing shades of red. Yes. Yeah, it was torturous. So we we did move a little bit away from that. We yeah. have like I um, Mary Eileen, which is great, and she she's, and and she's fantastic. She's the big she, wig. She works for our city, our state council of the arts, which is great because she actually, like, when someone will debate something, she'll be like, I know what I'm talking about. I work in this field. <laughs> and then we have actual artists on, um, and then people like Marilyn who are really dedicated to bringing kids into projects, right? So if the four people listening to this podcast, potentially six, 11. Um, possibly 11. Um, we The garbage cans that you see that are painted was part of the Public Art Commission. The lockers that you see that were painted, also part of the Public Art Commission. And those projects um, are a result, a lot of Marilyn being like, I want kids to understand um, environment and art. So we, we, when people started to kind of get off the commission, we put on, we kept some artists, obviously, but we had to start taking that down because the the, the meetings were like borderline volatile. So and, there's been a public art commission. It used to be a, what was it before? It was a commission. Committee. Committee. Since I've moved here. It was like my first thing I did. So I've been here 15 years. Right. And so in 15 years, we've accomplished really nothing. So I, I have to say kudos to you. I feel like with your help, we've done some stuff. Oh, thank yeah, you. of course. Oh, okay. yeah, because I, I think that. you need an artist. Like That's why in you know, street art or public art or any, any, any sort of art production, there's always somebody that's like, okay, let me take, let me pull this back. And what do you want to do? And let me figure out how to get it done. Because yeah. artists, that's not their role. That's not how they think. They're, to, they're the creators. And then there's the facilitators. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Cause yeah. uh, that has not been my easiest committee, but I do think um, continue to do, we continue to do really amazing <laughs> things. Well, I think the public, um, what is vi the visible product of these meetings is yeah. wonderful. I mean, the last couple of years is pretty uh, spectacular. Well, yeah. and not to confuse um, what the Public Art Commission's done with what Wooden Walls has done, which is Jen and Angie, which yeah. is truly brought. So I did an interview yesterday with Channel 12 and brought up Wooden Walls. And, oh, and cool. we, I mean, can you think Thank of you. another boardwalk that has um, the level of there art that one. there isn't one? Right? Maybe Venice Beach, but not, not the same sort of right so project. so a little That's separate from uh public art is wooden walls so why yeah. don't you give us the scoop on that so wooden walls was something that um it started in my brain probably i don't know eight years ago i just kept looking around town at all the development and buildings being knocked down and i'd see like wooden walls literally and it reminded me of going into like artist studios where you would see certain things in progress and that's such such a cool thing to be able to see when you like visit an artist and you see what they're working on. So I was like, oh, we should do that for our town. And everybody would be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, like we're a work in progress, so we should put up art so people think we're paying attention, not just ripping shit down. Right. And that's how it started. I went to iStar and they kind of laughed about it. 
and said they didn't they weren't interested in an art project. Although they just paid someone to do public art on their um, ocean Asbury Ocean. Nine Club. years later, they weren't interested. In, well, now they are. So. Um, well, they were too busy ripping you off from the lanes. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> they had to prioritize. <laughs> Um, so then I went to Madison and believe it or not, I just sort of sold it to them. Like how much would a budget be for a billboard? And they were like, what? And I was like, can I have that budget? And so I think I got laughed at the first two years, but then after hurricane Sandy happened, they're like, oh yeah, let's, there's nothing going on. So yeah, go ahead, make art. So I feel like that's one thing that happens with artists. They always seem to be in an environment where they're like, yeah, there's nothing else going on, have fun. And then ultimately that starts a catalyst of other things. But I don't think artists do that with the intention. They're just like, oh, cool, you're not gonna use that building wall? I'll take it. So Wooden Wall started, um, was funded uh, four years ago. And since then we've done 31 murals, two sculptures and one installation. And what was the first mural? Porkchop and Brad did the, it wasn't part of the wooden walls, but that was the first mural that I remember. In, in the casino. Yeah, that to, was like To this day, that's still my favorite mural. Me too. The, the clapper, I'm, I'm saying the genre wrong. The flapper. Woman, the flapper. I love the that flapper. you called her a clapper. clapper. That's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, Turn yeah. the lights I, on. Okay, I'm not, I'm, I'm not up on my genre well. But that, it. to this day, is, is my favorite mural. So, do you remember Michael Walker? He used to work for Madison Marquette. Of course, yeah. Yeah, so he went to Porkchop and said, do you guys want to paint a mural? And he's like, are you going to pay us? He's like, no, I'm going to buy you paint. And he's like, cool. And he's like, are you going to give me parameters? Am, am I going to have to go through the public art commission? And he's like, I don't even know what that is. He's like, okay, let's go. And they did it. And I think it's really cool. And Hurricane Sandy took all of Brad's birds. Remember the oh, birds? I remember the yeah, birds, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Strangely so enough, nice. nothing happened to the flapper. Not a thing. Well, and I don't know why people like, so... Tell our oh, yeah. our take on public art in the public art commission isn't like whether I like it, right? Right. It's, no. it, it's essentially does it offend? Yeah. Is it political? Does it offend? And if not, we're gonna let you put that up. And yeah, it's it's hard because you as a curator you have to realize it's not just for you. Like I have to look at like if I were a four year old, what I want to look at because it's the public arena. It's not my world. It's our world. So it's like. Um, how do you curate in a way that, like, the boardwalk's like its own society and, like, community. So it's like there's so, such diversity now. It's like I want to make sure I have international artists because it's always cool to see what people gravitate towards. Like, I've noticed a lot of Asian Americans this year, and they always go to the mural with the girl who's Japanese. They don't know that. Oh, that's interesting. So there is, like, in a in a art appreciator, there's always a reason you pick a piece of art psych- psychologically. So for me, I'm like, wow, it works. Look, I, you know, or, like, the Brazilian artists, a, a lot of um, more Latin folks get their pictures taken in front of the eyes. And I'm like, they wouldn't know that kid's from Brazil. Right. So I, I'm kind of Oh, that's of a really, fascinated. that's really interesting. So that's why you see the diversity in styles and, like, sort of, um, if they're, some of them are super established, some of them, like, Brad and James, they never did a public piece before. So James is one of my favorite. He's the numbers, yeah. which so normally I love like visuals of women, which is why the flapper was my favorite. I, like, I, like I don't know why though. I keep saying clapper now. Um, <laughs> but James's was so interesting to me because it was just such chaos, but in like an organized way. Um, so J- it's James Vance yeah. who does the numbers on They're the Sunset great. Pavilion. Um, but that when I first saw it, it was fascinating. And because my son at the time was one and a half or two, he was like he would just go up there and and pl- and f- try to you know where's number one, where's number. So that is like a mural that is near and dear to me. And uh, and James yeah. is just a lovely and person so as I've well. Noticed- through social media and sort of sourcing all the hashtags that a lot of women bring their kids to James's mural that have sensory problems. Interesting. For it some makes reason, sense. that chaos of the numbers calms them and they sit there and very, very, you know, like 
there's like an organization this woman posted like any I don't know what the actual term is but it's I guess like a form of autism where okay. they can't deal with on sensory. the spectrum yes but they seem to like love James's murals because of the numbers which I think is really cool and take us through the process so people sub people submit stuff to like do you pick a wall and say I'd like to do this wall yeah. and then do you have in your head what you want I have my like wish list of artists to come to Asbury Park because it's also like as you know, there's a lot of art, as you know, that there's certain people that align with sort of the way we do things in Asbury Park and Asbury Park itself and stuff. So there's some artists that I love, but I was like, oh, I don't know if they're going to deal with me putting them up on a couch or, you know, so I have a wish list and then I reach out to those people. Some of them come back with money that I could never afford. So then that sort of wanes people out or like, uh, not wanes, what would be the word? That filters people out. So then I always feel like the people that are supposed to be here are end up sort of like saying yes and then they come and it's such a great experience like I've never had a bad experience with an artist coming in I think that's because it's like I explained the project it's a community project it's not for anyone to make money it's just to have it to have a sense of place and so a lot of artists are into that especially if they're like on bigger projects somewhere else and they want to like week at the beach which I think is probably the underlying reason that people come <laughs> since um it's since the projects have taken off, mm -hmm. have you been approached by bigger name artists who's like, I want to be there in that space, and you've had to say no because we can't. In other words, like some like some rock star comes like, I want to take this whole like, you know, building, and you're like, no, no you can't have the whole building. Well, we do have artists that are interested in the project, but when I show them the format of what I have, they're like, mm, it's twelve by thirteen, you know, and they are used to doing sides of buildings, or you know, and sadly we don't have enough big buildings here to accommodate a lot of artists. Mm -hmm. Um, and the big buildings we have, they don't, you know, we live by the beach, there are lots of windows. And so we don't have a lot of those sort of, um, I mean, we are getting into a weird part where I'm like, I have to change the idea of what wooden walls is because it's not necessarily the same, like we're running out of walls. And so it's like, what's the next um, inception of wooden walls? And, and what is the next inception? Oh, I, have, I want to take over the carousel and make it an art experience, but. I need money to do that. And, and you've, so, I mean, the and the casino is basically full of art. The casino yeah, I just think it's like, those are, I feel like in my mind, and I, this, I know nothing about development except for like, I feel like those are the two buildings that you really have to be sensitive about. And I feel like if you let them be art experiences in the time being, that it would better suit you than trying to put. And does Madison fight you on that? I mean, those. No, it's more okay. that like, oh, do you have money to bring this to <laughs> Right, right, right. Because I think the way, like what I've learned about, um, development is you have to, you know, to to fix up a building the way that you should, you have to get financing and a bank won't finance you unless they are like, well, who's going to pay the rent? So like, what are the artists going to pay the rent? So right. then that's like, well, what does it mean? But I would love to put an art carousel in there. Oh, wow. Yeah. The, can I just take a minute to, talk, to praise that the most recent installation at the end? You know, the, Ed is clapping. For those of you that can't see, oh. silent clap, silent clap. <laughs> yeah. He's a clapper. Yeah, cla there's a clapper. <laughs> there's a clapper. Not to be confused. And with I forgot clapper. the name of it the, with, with the, the colored yarn. Uh huh. And that is such a stunning piece. I went through there. I, I, I ran through the boardwalk last night after after dark, and it was full of people just stopped. Mm-hmm. And. There's nobody unhappy in there. No. It's the most. It's sort of just a beautiful space. It is pretty cool. Right? And my wife and during quiet. lunch walks down to walk through there because it makes her feel better. Yeah. Right. Space is important. And space is really important. And, and I think it's like I go online and I see all these like critiques, like Madison's ridiculous. They're letting these buildings fall, and I'm like, well, what's the alternative? Like, shh, be quiet. Let us. We wouldn't have that if you. You know what I mean? And so I see the like double-edged sword of these like 
to me, I feel like these buildings are really sacred. So you wouldn't just rip a church down to like put them all up. So I feel like to me, if I can keep activating spaces for people to make like have awareness, like, oh, what is this architecture and what was this? And then they learn more about our town and then they appreciate history and they'll appreciate how far we've come. And it's a win-win situation. All right. <clears throat> I give you, and I'm in no way, shape or form going to do this, a $10 million budget for the Public Art Commission. Yeah. What are you doing? Oh, I would. Uh, that's easy. <laughs> I would develop an artist residency program where we would bring artists to town to create um, different installations and public art pieces, give workshops to people that are interested in learning about art. I would have a building for the artists and make it a private arts club so you could go there and read a book and have a drink and draw something, take a painting class. I would then take, that would be like four million, then I would take three million and I would put it into the carousel. Just so everyone knows, I threw this question You've on her. You've got it budgeted out already. <laughs> oh, I already do. Okay. Yeah. Keep, go- no, keep going, keep so going. John Moore's on board with this. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, then I would take the car- I would take three million dollars, which would not get me very far at the carousel. And I want to do a conceptual carousel where I take the seventy-two original horses and send them out to con- uh, artists all over the country, where they would redo them. And then we would once there's a, oh, you know. And then I would. <laughs> I should have just brought my notebook. I it to you. <laughs> and no, let anyway. me reiterate. <laughs> we, I don't have. Of course, you're not getting ten million. If I if I get you a a $10 budget for the Public Art Commission, I consider that successful. I do too. Any money counts. Um, if you could pick any artist in the world to work with on a mural, who would it be? Mm, that would be live or dead? Uh, one of each. Okay. I would say... That was a question that came to us. Really? Yeah. Someone actually asked a question. Somebody sent me... D- uh, two people sent me um, direct so messages. Yeah. Well, there's um, four people listening to this podcast. Awesome. Two of them Thank sent a question. F- two of you. Uh, Salvador Dali, just because I think he would make a spectacle and would be really fun. And then David Lynch, because he's a genius. Okay. And which mural was the most challenging from a logistical standpoint? Uh, I would say because of Mother Nature, the most challenging was, was the octopus. Which is the Fanacapan, which is yeah, no, what and why was that? Because it rained. He, he we flew him here from London, and we only had him here for an X amount of days, and it rained the whole entire time. Like, uh, oh, the not sideways. The, uh, the, like, yeah, yeah, so yeah, he had to paint the mural in the rain on a lift, and it was terrifying. And thank God he's like done this all over the world, so he's like, this is no big deal. This is no big deal, but logistically that was the hardest okay yeah and do you have a favorite mural is that like asking who's your favorite kid kind of oh you can't pick a favorite mural um and you don't have to it you know what it changes and i know this sounds shitty but it's like oh what's new and like the hot tea is literally like taking all of my sort of brain but that mural that we did with the japanese girl was really fun because she has never done the one on the side of sunset the sunset pavilion one no the one that's um the girl the oh Japanese the red girl you met. oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh my god first of all i love that mural amazing right? it's amazing it, it pops it's the red one it's so it's a mural that she made static she had to work in the carousel because we had bad weather and she kept saying to me she didn't speak english this this woman's name is onaku and she also doesn't take pictures of her face this is very sad in her country it would be um discouraged upon for a woman to make art so she's an accountant and so she has a day job but she can't let anybody know what she does by night which is really sad to me i can't even fathom that yeah like that's so beyond and what country is she from she lives in japan oh wow okay but like a small town in japan long story short she was working in the carousel she said i want to make a doll and i was like what is she talking about but what she was she drew it out for me and what she was because she didn't speak english 
she wanted to make a 3D cutout because she had never done that. And I'll show you a picture. She does like giant buildings. So for her to come here and do that, that was really exciting because she's sort of established. Um, and it was fun to have her here because she had never been to New Jersey. And so she was just like enthralled by like how big pizza was, <laughs> how big funny. the hot dogs were. And like, why is like, she couldn't understand the event that we had at the train station. Why'd they give you food? And I was like, well, it's a mixer. What's a mixer? So it was really fun to have her here to like have her engaged in our community because now when she, she's made so many friends that she'll come back just to visit. So like, that's the sort of byproduct of the wooden walls that these artists then tell people about, oops, tell people about Asbury Park. And how, and so had you like reviewed her work and were like, oh, I'm going to yeah, totally reach like out. forever I've loved her work. Cause I was like, how does this little Japanese girl make these giant murals that are like 16 stories? <laughs> that's, high? that's one of the side, side effects is I end up following all of these artists yeah, on Instagram. Too, so too. now my, my Instagram feed is full of these beautiful paintings in different locations. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm going to have to travel to somewhere. I like the one... We have mural I'll, hunters, which is really weird. Like, there's people like that. They that come like, find, find Yeah, them? so, like, they'll stop at the gallery and be like, where can I find this? I'm like, I'm not going to tell you. It's really easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, Go walk around Asbury Park. Go check it out. The other mural I really liked recently is the one uh, from um, Bunny. Um, Reese. Mm-hmm. She's great. So, this is a strange story, and you might remember the Yard Dogs Roadshow that we booked at Asbury Lanes in 2006. They were I like, do. Right? Yeah. So... I've always loved this girl's work. I couldn't figure out, like, it's not, it's a little whimsical for me, so I'm not like, sure why I liked mm-hmm. it. But I followed her for years. I was like, I just love everything she does. Like, I love her suns and her moons and her peacocks and her... So we she came to Asbury Park because she Jersey City has, like, a crazy mural program funded by the city. So she was commissioned to do... Did a, you hear that, John Moore? Oh, I have so many tips for John Moore. Ten million dollars, John. Ten million dollars, John Moore. Let's go. Um, so, long story short, she was doing a big mural there. She she said, "Oh, I remember you had DM'd me a couple years ago. Can do you still want me to come paint?" I'm like, "Yes." Um, so it's to find to find out she's one of the artists that worked with the Yard Dogs in San Francisco. So it's oh, like wow. it's funny that you find each other in the world, whether you know that energy finds its way back. And so a lot of, a lot of times when somebody completes a mural that's visiting. I, I get their suggestions on like if I were to tell you if you were to tell me who you would pick for this who would you be because I think it's like paying it forward so the girl at Squid Liquor who did the Dead Death Heads Moth on Sunset picked Bunny oh oh wow Isn't that cool yeah that's very cool I like so that I, one too the Squid Liquor I, I do follow, too. also follow her she's great man I do she's too. like this I want to go travel today she posted a picture of a piece she did in Iceland but it's like impossible to get to it's like that shows to me that like you're an artist and you just want to do it to say like I'm planting my seed here, it's pretty cool. But yeah, that that's amazing. It's also cool because now we have like women of the wooden walls because there's so many women that have done murals. And so women artists, yeah, always they they rock. They totally rock. And do you you make an effort yeah. to do? Of course you do. Yeah, right? well, because I just feel like why should we pay it forward? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we just said Jess on, and and she always makes an effort to yeah. get women comedians on. And I feel like I'm always trying to get women on committees or boards and commissions. Yeah. And if you are a woman and you aren't doing that. You suck. <laughs> if and you are not paying do, it forward. Yeah. yeah, totally. All right, so Jan has to open at 11, yeah. so i got to run through a couple more of these questions before we end. She opens at 11. She's good. She opens at 11. I know, and she's been here since 8 because I got drunk at the last podcast and we had to do these again. So I owe Jan dinner and drinks, and she's she like, uh, and she loves scotch, so I'll get her a bottle Perfect. of scotch for this as well. Okay, so we have a mural coming to City Hall. Yes. That's Public Art Commission. Yes. Okay. Very excited about September-ish. 
Well, I couldn't find them an affordable room in September, so we're going to push it to October. Okay, October. But yeah, they're um, a husband and wife from France, uh, Coralie and Super Kitch, and they're very excited because they've never been to New Jersey. And we're thinking about taking on the Public Art Commission, is thinking about taking on the Ballards. Yes. And you know, every single person's suggestion is to paint them as boobs. Yes. Can we do that? John Moore, are you listening? What are Can the, we do boobs? What are, are the, boobs accessible? The Ballards, the, the things the that ballards? prevent cars from going up on the boardwalk. I didn't know those had a name. Yeah, they're Ballards. I thought me that neither. Was like, Michelle Alonzo taught me. I thought that was like people. Like, no, I mean, are like, ballards. are there evil people they named the Ballards? They offend me. <laughs> you know, so they look like boobs. Boobs. Oh, so I yeah. thought it'd be funny to do all different types of boobs. But I, yeah. someone complained because you yeah. realize the woman who hates pork shops work, who thinks it's sexist, has gone from stickers to stencils. On the murals. So in front of Pork Shop's mural of Ruthie, the mermaid, it says, true sexism. It's like she made a stencil. So, so let's, just, let's touch on her yeah. for one second. Yeah. So Very people educated. probably don't know the amount of grief you get oh, yeah. doing murals. Like yeah. I remember when you did, the it's, they're not ghosts, but the one on the wall of the casino that was, it, it's a black, black backdrop with the white Yeah, and I'm figures. not going to take credit for that because I did not do it. Who did that one? Uh, John Herget, which was someone who worked for Madison, who was friends. That guy's a very successful. But the grief oh, of that mural, yeah. that people didn't like it, that it was depressed, that it wasn't good. that and, it, and you may, but that guy may have done it, but online, you were getting all the grief for that yeah, mural. Yeah, for sure. You were totally getting like, all the okay, grief for that mural. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'm used to grief. Has so. there been a mural that has had a 100% accolade? Like, everyone was like, yes. Or is it every single one, there's always like, ugh. There's always, always. Always, right? Yeah, I, what happens a lot, what I get shit for is you don't use enough local artists, but I do. They just don't realize it. Hmm. Um, sadly, people think that we have this pool of artists. We don't. <laughs> so, and graffiti artists get really bummed out that I don't put them in the project. But for me, I don't think, for me personally as a curator, graffiti art is a different, it's about the person, not the piece. Whereas hmm. I feel like public art is about the piece, not the person. And you, and this woman comes to these murals and puts stickers on them. That and say gives- like, uh, gives tremendous grief to Jay. It's fun. She came to accost me and Angie at a really sweet pop-up event we did at the carousel. She's like, how can I bring my kid to here to see these? And I was like, it's a mermaid. Do mermaids have nipples? You're sex. You're like, you're making a mermaid sexualized. I don't even know if a mermaid. Because, like, let's get into it. And she's like, I'm not. And so Angie was great. She was like, we both have, you know, she, like, well, where does this come from? And she's, like, pulled out all her degrees. And then Angie pulled out all her degrees. <laughs> Jen and is still so using her like, hands. Hey, let's let's have a conversation about it. She just refused, so I'm done with her. Yeah, but I um, appreciate that she like, as like this like white woman from Princeton has made a stencil with spray paint and illegally went and spray painted the sidewalk in front of it. Is it there now? Oh yeah. Oh, I'll have to take sexism. a look. I, you know, in a, in a weird way, that, that's a bit of a victory for art. Yeah, you know, totally. Art that people completely ignore. Uh, which one is it? Is it the one on the pavilion or the longer one? The which, one on the pavilion. Uh, the side. Fate. With the, with yeah, the yeah, spyglass. Exactly. Okay. I guess because he hit her nipple very, like, he gave her boobs. So I guess that's sexualizing mm-hmm. a mermaid. Okay. Anyway. We have to touch on other things because we're, okay, why, why do women hate scooters? Because everyone do complaining to me, every, every single Mothers person who's, who's complaining to it's me about scooters thing, is, is women. Really? I think it's a mother's thing because it's, have you seen them on that? Well, I've seen small children on that. Like six-year-olds? Eight. I saw eight. I saw six-year-olds. So what we're, so 
and we're and we're working on it's that now the app now the app makes you give your license but of course parents i know i talked to the lady yesterday because joe grillo has taken it on himself to be like this is a good program so i he, he was great he was talking to her about it and then i like sort of jumped in to listen and she's like it's a problem mothers scan their driver's license for these kids because they don't they want do. to watch them they do. So anyway. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. I'm only saying the level of rage that I'm getting from scooters from people is so bizarre. And it is mainly women. Isn't that funny? I guess uh, I don't know if I noticed it. I think what the rage is, is it just looks terrifying if you don't understand it. And if you haven't maybe been on it. They're scary. I tried. I was like, this is great for me because I don't have a car. I'm going to use these. And I was like, how is this six-year-old on one? And I I can't do it. It makes me feel really stupid. And is it because it goes too fast? I just, it's like balance. I guess it's balancing. I think you're too much in your head about it. As a kid, you just jump on it. Like, and I do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You good. can't get in your head about it. So I will say that you need to just jump on and go because Yvonne was trying to do it. And we love Yvonne. We all love Yvonne. But Does she have heels on? She took her heels off. <laughs> And she's then, the best like, was she, she's by far the down, best dressed. Hands down. Hands down. Yeah. Um, she's trying to do it, and like, she never, she just kept using her foot with it. And they're electric, so you don't you don't need to use your foot with it. But if you overthink it, you're dead. You just you need so, to jump on and go, and then you need to really pay attention. Super, yeah. You totally because our our roads aren't all amazing. Like fifth is good, sunset's good, yeah. third's not great. So you I'm more have freaked to. out by the bikes on the sidewalk because people yell at you when you tell them, can you go on the street? Like, I'm more freaked out by that because this year it's been worse for some reason. Really? The yeah. bikes on the sidewalk are worse? I don't know why. Oh, that's interesting. Do you know that's... Uh, n- uh- that's not that's universally a, a problem. Like, I have a problem with bikes on the sidewalk, and mm-hmm. then I was in Washington, D.C., and then I was like, all these bikes are on the sidewalk. And but it's then bigger s- sidewalks. Well, someone right? told me they can't go on the street. They're only allowed yeah, on the sidewalk. Yeah, and I think it's because it's so different in every town, and we have so many different visitors from different states. They just don't know. I right. just The attitude you get when you're like, hey, you can go on the street here, and they're like, so you can too. I'm like, okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> so the scooters but, only. I, I like watching it because it's kind of like bad news bears, like the, like gangs of kids roaming around on scooters is kind of fun to watch. But I haven't seen a lot of adults on them, so I'm curious if it's because of like you're too afraid of like breaking your ankle or you know what I mean. I think it was like a it'll work itself out. I also think that we're a very small city, so like Joe was like, "This was great in Nashville," and I'm like, "Nashville's huge." <laughs> Like, I met these kids, and they were trying to take them to the Long Branch Skate Park to go do tricks on them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I can. was like, you can't. But, but like, not- for somebody like me, there's one in front of Russell Lewis's house, who is my neighbor. We Or Russell, I think he was talking about it. You, you jump on it. I ran to a council meeting. I parked it. I jumped back on it. I ran to a council meeting, which put one less car in the downtown. Which is great. Wasn't it scary, though? So no. Did you wear I, a helmet? I did not. Well, it's not required. Just FYI, <laughs> it's strongly encouraged, not required. I'm just strongly with encouraged, you. not required. Um, but I. So no. But I have a little thrill seeker in me. Like oh, you I do. Yeah. Like I. I've skydived and things like oh, that. Then so you're th- good. yeah, this yeah, yeah. Nothing. So this I'm would like be. This baby. is interesting to me. Yeah. Um, but I was saying in the last podcast, like I had one guy scream at me at I think it was Porter. Scream at you. Scream at me that it was called wreaking havoc. Which we we had a whole conversation about this already. Wreaking havoc. But the most women who are emailing me the most people who are emailing me about it are are I would say 93% women I, I think it's like a motherly instinct because the first thing you think is like these kids are going to get hit by a car and then the city's going to get sued and what does that mean to my taxes like, they just, <laughs> right. that is exactly this exactly those like three the, every it's fear, fear 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 what the one thing I I I, I've been riding them around. They're faster than I thought. They're super fast. They don't. Well, when you say super fast, they do not go above, I believe, thirteen miles per hour. No, you can. Fifteen miles per hour. You, the 15. kids told me if you 
if you push it. Like if you use it like a skateboard, you can get it up to 24. Interesting. <laughs> oh, wow. The Mike Manzella, we need to fix that. Yeah. Ah, poor w- Mike. I feel for you. So I made a plea on the last podcast that I'm going to make again on this one. And then uh, we have to eventually start wrapping up because Jan has to... As to open a store. Listen, so people curse me out and think I'm a piece of shit and give me the finger all the time. But Manzella is not, that doesn't happen to Manzella. And those are people who and like he, you. And, those, <laughs> and Manzella's taken so much grief for these scooters. I've taken I a know. little grief, but he's taken so much. Like, he, I saw him the other day, and he, he looks like he aged okay? 20 years. So whoever is listening to this podcast, it's if you fine. like scooters, if you like, I need you to eat. I need you to not only be kind, I need you to be proactive. I need you to email Mike Manzella. Tell him you love, Ed's doing it right now. Thank you, Ed. You need to email Mike Manzella. Tell him he's doing a great job in this town, that you love the scooters. They're a yeah. great addition. And if you don't like the scooters, I need you not to say anything to Mike until we build up his self-esteem that he's feeling like, you know, the amazing transportation planner that he truly, truly is. Okay. So the six, four, six to 11 people listening to this podcast and the Santander and Doug and, you know, I need you all to email Mike and and help me give that that guy a pep talk. No, he's great. And I feel like the problem is, is that a lot of people, everybody's first response in this town is no. Always. And then when you have to prove it and some things are going to work and some things aren't, but that doesn't mean like you're trying and that's the the most important part. And I think people forget that. The, my only criticism of the, of the scooters is it's very hard to signal a turn with bicycles, you know. And I think that's a legit cri- criticism. So I was on Main Street and I was like, I'm going to make a left here, but I don't want to take my hand off to yeah. let the cars behind me that know what I'm doing. That's What's the, only the craziest thing, thing you've seen? <laughs> like, uh, well, this kid. Scooters. Just yeah, two. two we're, we're seeing a lot of two people on a scooter. I've seen two people face to face, like they're gonna kiss. Oh, I, I haven't seen that. <laughs> also, and, a girl who was getting. Um, I feel like this p- conversation is potentially going negative on scooters. Oh, never mind. Never mind. No, so what FYI, you got, a girl. This is this is sad though. This girl was like, and a friend told me they were sitting on a balcony near Porta. There, she was in a beautiful linen outfit, getting takeout food, and was balancing the takeout food on the things and bit it, and food went everywhere, and the scooter kept going. <laughs> oh, poor thing. Well, it's the tourist I've seen. Uh, it's always the tourist, yeah. Two up going from the boardwalk. Which is cool. Back. I, I mean, I, they're the only, and they're a little hard to see at night, so those lights aren't bright. I, I, you know, but otherwise, <laughs> I So love, I, I love got it. trolled on, so there is, trolled, trolled on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to have the, the handle wrong, but something like Hoboken Bad Scooters or something. So for oh, an entire day, there's a whole day. So he's sending me these videos of these mom, like a mom on a scooter with her kid in her arms. It was the cutest thing you've ever seen. If yeah. there was a way I could make that legal, I would. So he, uh, <laughs> me and Mike Manzella are texting. I'm like, this guy keeps sending me these adorable videos with a mom and their like little boy on the scooter. And he's trying to tell me like, that's a problem, which it is. You're not allowed to do that. It's one person per scooter and you have to be 18. But he's sending <laughs> me these adorable, adorable videos of parents with their kids on scooters that I guess he's thinking is going to make me shut down this program and I'm just like send me more yeah but entire day of trolling on that so the somebody who hates the scooters in Hoboken is giving you grief about your scooters yeah they have a whole they have a they have a an entire Twitter account dedicated to bashing Hoboken I wish I had that much time so okay listen the world is full of less assless chaps is that is is that a fair statement I have not ever seen anybody in assless chaps you didn't go to the pride parades in the in the early 2000s yeah, but I feel like it's the same amount. Is there more? Less. Less? Oh, less, less, less. I always appreciate the leather daddies and the dog outfits. 
Th- those are interesting. And our, our bears and cubs. I like, Absolutely. Is it, is it bear week this week? It is bear week. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Totally to, bear Everybody week. used to come through the lanes in the early days. Like bear week, they would come there bear bowling and like all that sort of fun. So I miss all of that. There's also like a group of women. I don't know what they call themselves, but they were like literally like trans- transgendered before it was a thing. And they were like plumbers. And totally. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they used to hang out at Georgie's all the time. So they would come to the lanes to bowl and, and it would be great because they would ultimately like we try to help them with makeup tips and stuff. And they would like if a lane would break, they'd be like, I got it. And they would like throw their heels off and like get in the machine. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> so I miss seeing all of that. So, so yeah. and one of my questions is, and I didn't want to go down this road too much, the most pa- painful thing about losing the lanes is seeing what it's become okay um, I'm going to my first show there tomorrow everybody's oh. going this is like I get these calls every time there's like a really good band and it's like somebody must have stole like not to get into the hole but they confiscated my email so I feel like they went through all my bookings and they book a lot of things that they think that like oh well we'll get the old crowd to get so ultimately every few months I get a call from someone like I love you Jen but I'm gonna go to this show so there's a woman in town who's so feverish about her boycott that her favorite band was playing there like this very eclectic band and she had told me do you know Claire Shepro? I don't think so she's awesome but so she's like super she's been to a lot of your events so oh, I should introduce I you. Yeah. She's just a great, she's like a great advocate and a, but she's like, I just want to tell oh, you. Oh, no, 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 I do. Yes, yes, great. yes, 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 yes. So basically, long story short, she's like, I, I didn't want to give them money. I don't want to give iStar money. So I emailed my favorite band. I told them what they did to you. I paid them directly. They gave me drink chips so I didn't have to spend a dollar in the lanes. And she's like, more people should do that if they really want to boycott because it's really about paying your your band, not the venue. And so, right. So it's nice to see. What's come out of it is nice to see how people have gone around the boycott of it. But yeah, this weekend there's a great event there, and um, Vincent does the surf festival, and it's they have the five, six, seven, eights from Japan, and that's really cool. And is that this weekend? It's tonight. Oh, or see, tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to Soul Beliefs tomorrow. Oh, oh wait. Okay, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, oh, a lot of people call me and say, "I'm sorry, but I'm like, I could care." You know. Yeah. You do your thing. Which, is, which would be more painful, right? Just go and don't tell me, don't you think? Well, we live in a world of social media, so I do think that it's like what's they, if, painful. If they warn you, it's better. If they're if you're yeah, warned to like, see a picture. Yeah, think about it. Like, I was kind of a nerd in high school, and I didn't get a, invited to a lot of parties. We live in the world that, like, the nerd gets to watch the party. Right. So now I get to watch the party, and I'm like, I'm doing better with it three years out of, like, trying not to go on their Instagram and not to watch because it's like having this person in your town that's – it's like if someone died – but you can still see they're like, it gets morbid from here. So yeah. I'll just not go down the <laughs> <laughs> great, great, um, great question, Amy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, so I debated on that question, I'll be honest, because I know how painful it's been for you. So we're going to round us up with 2020 election. Who are you supporting? Who are you Who are you in for? Nothing. Okay. Can you just support Elizabeth Warren? Sure. Okay. Thank but you. But I think she, I wish, here's my whole thing. It's like, from a visual standpoint, and I know this sounds super petty to somebody who knows the ins and outs of politics, she seems very angry. And I, she has every right to be angry, but for most people, they are so visual now that they're going to hear 30 seconds of what she says, but they're going to see her face. So I think that one of the critiques of her is that she's teachy, kind of, she's and she was a teacher. Yeah, I bet she was a great teacher. She probably was a great teacher, and I think she'll be a great president, so let's all vote for Elizabeth Warren. So wait, that's... No, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know anything about it, and I feel, like, stupid talking to you because I'm like, I know this is going to come up, and it's like, I get really emotional about stuff, so I feel like I have to protect myself from some things because, like, it's so frustrating to me to just 
the way our world has worked trickle down from where politics has gone that it's like I don't know who's going to fix it. I don't know who's going to fix it either. Although I'm it's hoping like a systematic like collective consciousness, like people suck right now, and it's like I love people, but I've noticed from the top down, people are like, oh, I can just tell you you suck. Right. And this summer has been like a ton of people that are like that. Like I can't believe that painting. You're out of your mind. Yeah. You're going to charge that for that? I'm like, yep. I had a woman take a piece of artwork off the wall. And How much say is what? this? Oh, Jesus. And I said, it's $600. She's like, you're crazy. And I was like, okay, thanks. Like, that never happened 10 years ago. Right. 15 years ago. So I was like, what's changed in the world that people just think they can just do what? And is it Asbury's success or is it the tone coming down from the top? But that is a topic for another day because <laughs> we are way too late. So... Thank, thank you, Jen. Continue. Thank um, you, Amy. Thank you for our four to six to 11 listeners. Right. Yes. Thank you all. Thank you all.